Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. And happy Friday, everybody, you all. I'm so excited today because we have one of my favorite creators here, Chris Olson, who is phenomenal. I'm sure you've seen his funny TikToks and all that and his uh, memes where he takes coffee to people. It's so funny. And we had such a good conversation and I'm so glad he's here today. So if you like TikTok, if you like coffee, if you just want to enjoy your like weekend, you're in the right place. So get ready because Chris breaks it all down for us. And hello, Chris. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to have you. Bread to have a party, cause chaos, all the above. All of the above, of course. But before we get started, we always like to start with the question of what the term young influential uh, makes you think of. I forgot how I usually say it. But yeah, there's no right or wrong answers. <laughs> what is the term again? Can you repeat that? Young influentials. Like, what do you think of when oh, you first yes. hear it? Right, right. I thought you said young fluential. Like you were mixing the word together. I was like, oh, Honestly, okay. That might term. be a thing. Let's do it. Let's young start it. <laughs> um, young influential. I don't know. I think it, it means so many things these days because um, the the influencer space is so um, prominent and concentrated at this point that it can mean someone who's influencing you to make better decisions and be happier every day, or someone who's influencing you to buy certain products that they use, or someone who's just kind of like influencing your life in any way. And I think social media has given the power, that kind of power to so many young people. It's not just the marketing campaigns. It's not just advertising campaigns now that have that power. So that is, that's what young influential means to me. It's, I think it's like, the the young people holding the power to influence themselves. Come on with that perfect answer. Done. It's a wrap. Like Mariah says, it's a wrap. <laughs> and that's it. Thank you so much for having me on. We're Thank all so good. <laughs> yeah. I love that. No, but to rewind us back, take us back to childhood, Chris. Like, 
Were there any yeah. like shows or personalities growing up that really inspired you? I mean, I was like a pretty classic Disney kid back in the day, pretty classic like Nickelodeon kid. I was I was watching all of those um like all of those shows that I feel like so many of us like whether you're a millennial or a Gen Z or a zillennial, I guess, as some people <laughs> call it, because I'm 97. So I'm like the first year of Gen Z, but I still definitely was, was growing up during millennial times too. Um, I was just raised on all of those shows that were like that. Even looking back, I mean, I think Disney occasionally did a pretty good job at like with, with diversity or with introducing us to new things at that time. Because like I, I recently went to Barcelona and I was listening to Cheetah Girls too, yes. as one does the entire time that they're there. And I was like, wow, the Cheetah Girls really paved the way for a lot. If you think about it, like we had four girls for like a diverse group of four girls from different socioeconomic backgrounds from like different homes, different families, all of this stuff. And it was all about, and it wasn't really about their like love stories. It was about their friendship and like being together and like sisterhood. And I was like that, those were the kind of themes I feel like that were in so many of the shows that I watched growing up, which I feel like were, were so important to me. And, and um, I can definitely see how a lot of those influenced the way that I go about my life today. And honestly, the Cheetah Girls walk so the Sisterhood of Traveling Pants could run if you want yes. to get technical. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, I mean, like, we, it, was a, it was a fun movie back in the day of just like watching for the songs and everything. But now, now that I'm adult, when, now that I'm an adult, really looking back and thinking on it, I'm like, oh, wow, that was really, um, they, they, it was, it was more thought through than I could have imagined as a kid. And I have to know which Cheetah Girl song is your favorite because I know I definitely have like a few. I mean, the ones that were playing the most were like Strut, obviously, um, because I was walking through the streets of Strutting through the streets of Barcelona. <laughs> um, I love, uh, I love the parties just begun. It was the first yes. song of the second movie, which I think is a little bit of an underrated one, but it is so good. And then Cheetah Sisters obviously just does it every time. Uh, yes uh bless yeah. us but to move so forward good. like in regards to like content creation like who were kind of the first like intros to like youtubers and stuff that you started to watch where you were like oh i like them i could kind of do something like this I, i'm like I, I don't know if they were i i was kind of late in the content game like i i was really watching a lot of the beauty youtubers back in the day um, but I wasn't, I'm not a makeup artist myself, nor did I really even have the interest to do that. So I was watching it just kind of like out of enjoyment and, and really loving, um, what was like just the content that was now being put out and how you felt like you were kind of close to these people. And I think once like, you know, Emma Chamberlain and, and Tana with her crazy story times came along, like I felt more, I, I, I felt connected to them more, but I, I still don't think in those moments of watching them that I thought like, and now this is something I could do. Of course, in the back, in the back of my head, I was like, man, if I had just like started when they did, if I just like put up a camera, then maybe it would have happened for me. But I don't think it was really ever like, I am watching this and I know this is my calling. I know this is what I need to do. So much of my start happened really accidentally, but 
I definitely was, I was a consumer of a lot of the material in the online space for a while. And I still am. I still can continue to watch everything that these people put out and that who are now my friends, which I think is really exciting to be able to um, watch and kind of see behind the scenes. But yeah, I, I guess I was, I wasn't like really on early YouTube days, but I definitely, um, like around like 2016, 2017, when I feel like YouTube was really starting to take off, um, especially with like YouTube personalities, I, I got really into it. No, I feel like that's how I am. I feel like I got intro through like a lot of the like beauty ones, like Jacqueline Hill and all of them. And even to this day, I'll still watch them. People be like, oh, are you a, are you a makeup artist? I'm like, no, there's just something soothing about it. Get ready with me as they're like, just, right. you know, putting their concealer on and just whatever. <laughs> Right, exactly, yeah. And so, like, moving forward, we're here on TikTok, we're in lockdown, everybody on TikTok's blowing up. Like, what made you get on TikTok and want to start, like, making videos? Right before lockdown, um, a, a very select amount, very few of my friends had TikTok, and they kept telling me, like, I would love it and that I should get on and try to, like, be... Um, like I would just love it and do well on it. But I was like, man, eh, it seems like an app for high schoolers. I don't really get it. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take too much part in it. But then lockdown happened and I had absolutely nothing to do. I was still going to school for musical theater. So I was like, okay, might as well download it and just see what's on this app. Like see what's going on because I don't really, I, I still don't really get it, but like maybe I can just watch TikToks and see what's happening here. And as I started watching them, I was like, oh, there's plenty I could do like this. Oh, this is such a fun app to just like be on and to pass time with. And so again, even when I downloaded it, I, it was, there wasn't an idea to, this is going to start. This is what's going to be my thing. I was just like, cool, this seems fun. Let's like start. And so I started, uh, so I started making some videos here and there and it, they, they did fine. And it was like, I, I started gaining some following over the, over the next two months, but it was nothing crazy. I was just like, this is a fun little pastime because it was also like, we were nearing summer of, it was after my junior year. So we were nearing summer. So I was like, great, I'm just going to keep making these videos for fun. It's almost summertime, whatever. Um, and then as summer hit, and I think it was like August, near the end of summer, it really started blowing up. And I was like, oh, okay, great. This is something that I can definitely keep doing throughout my senior year and see what goes on here. So it was like a little bit of a slow progression. But then once it started hitting off, it all kind of happened at once. And I feel like that's how a lot of us got introduced. Like, I know, like, for me, somebody was like, oh, like, you." people were like, oh, you'd love it. And would keep texting me the videos. And I'm like, oh, I don't have the app. Like, I can't watch these. Right, and, then if, right. and then eventually I was like, okay, fine, I'll cave in. And then I was like, wait, this is actually, like, more than just people doing the the trendy dances. Like, there, I follow a lot yeah. of the, like, theory people who are like, oh, like, this is actually what happened on set of shooting this show or oh, Taylor Swift's right. actually up to this. And then I was just like, oh, I'm finding community. I'm finding, okay, like this is a vibe. Yes. <laughs> yes, there's like so much more than I think any of us really initially expected to be on the app because all that was in the news about the app, especially around like the pandemic was like these young kids dancing and like fun stuff like that. And so I was like, yeah, even when I first started, I mean, dance was the like, um, dominating part of the app or doing these little trends that weren't really showing like there, it wasn't, 
you could only post a video that was up to a minute long. It was still really short form content. And that was about it. Like a 15 second dance was your most popular kind of video. And so it, it even early on, I was like, you know what, I'm going to try, but if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And I think the way the trends changed throughout my time on the app have just been in favor of the kind of content I've liked making. So I've been really lucky in that way. But I've also like made sure to continue um, just staying on the app and staying updated to see what people like. But yeah, it, it, I as soon as I downloaded it, the world of the app became so much bigger to me than I knew it was before. And what I really liked about it is like how honest and vulnerable a lot of like creators and people would be on there. Like I met so many people that I like related to and what DM like talking about anxiety or um, the feelings of being isolated. Like, I feel like that was really cool. And I feel like that's something that, that I really brought to it, that it was cool to be vulnerable or be open about it. Did you kind of feel that first initial thought too, where you're like, Oh, this is a good place to be open, be transparent. Or did you kind of at first be like, "Mm, I don't know about that. I think initially I I just didn't really I there were no expectations really. I didn't know if it was going to be a place where I could really share so much of my personality. I I just had it was like a completely new world, but I think as my platform grew and as I started connecting with so many more people, I did start realizing that I was creating like I think TikTok does a really good job at giving you an audience that is very supportive of your content. And so I found I was like creating an audience that really um, was supportive of everything that I was I was doing at the time, and I thought that was really, really lovely to find. And and so as my comfortability like grew with the app and with my platform, I think I became more um, available and ready to share m- m- much more vulnerable stories on there. And like, like pivoting a little bit, like I know with a lot of people, they're like, oh, like if you're creating videos on here, you need to create like two or three or four a day or like five a day. Um, But I remember last year at VidCon, one of the creators was like, actually, like I uh, batch my content. I'll shoot like a whole bunch of days. So when days I don't feel like shooting or I'm burned out, I just like open up my drafts and do that. Like, is that something that you do to balance burnout or how do you balance kind of the creation process? I mean, I think I'm, it's a consistent learning process with me because I'm, I've like grown up with the app. I, I started when I was 22 and I'm 25 now. So my capacity to like create certain videos in the way that it, I, and also the way it was the middle of COVID and it's not now my capacity to create videos the way that I did when I first started at like 22 and was so ready to just like post a video, cr- create like five videos a day, post them all in the same day, create five videos the next day. It's very different now. I just could not do that now. Um, Not only because like personally that would be a lot, but I think there's so much, there's just so much more going on in the world. And um, I think I've, I've, I've had to learn balance. I I'm slightly on like a vacation right now. And I did, I discovered early on that I'm not, I don't really know how to relax that well. And so that was a new like marker in my head of being like, okay, if I, if I continue to never let myself relax though, I will experience this burnout. So it's just continuing to gauge with myself how I feel about that. Like when I started at five videos a day, it eventually went down to two or three videos a day. And then it went down to one video a day. And then it went down to one video a day every five days, like from Monday through Friday. And now it's kind of 
create a video whenever you feel good about creating a video. And I feel like just consistently checking in with myself, engaging that because now sometimes I still post every day if I'm feeling really good about posting, but if I need to take a week off, I'll let myself take a week off. So it's, it's just always a push and pull. Yeah. Cause I feel like a lot of times people are like, Oh, if I want to go viral or get a brand's attention, like I have to be super active. So even if I don't feel like it, I need to push stuff out, but I'm like people brands or your audience is going to realize that you're just posting nonsense or that you're tired or that it's just like not of quality if you're just forcing yourself to put content out like that's not the vibe (laughs) yeah you definitely always want it to be good content I think it I think there is a lot of worth early on in posting as much as possible because you're kind of like you're gaining traction at that point and I think in the traction gaining phase throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks is like your best asset because you never, you never know on the app what is going to be the thing that helps take off. And it, it consistently happens to me too, still. Like I'll have, I have series of videos that I do, like my therapy videos, flying for coffee, um, jumping on a pole, like vlogs throughout the day. I have those series. And so I never know if I start a new series, if it's going to hit off. And sometimes the first video of a series doesn't do that well. And I'm like, great, I'm not going to continue it. But sometimes it becomes like a hit and people want more. And I think that is that evidence that shows me that the more I continue to put out, the more I'm able to get the data of seeing like, okay, this is what I can continue remaking to continue the traction that I have in the way in that way. Um, but yeah, also still gauging whether you're feeling burnt out or not is, is important. It's, it's a, such a delicate balance and it's different for each person. Yeah. I think it's always important for people to know that like you can still rest in what's supposed to happen or what brand partnership or whatever's supposed to find you is going to find you. So it's like, there's no need to just like (laughs) run yourself ragged. (laughs) No, a hundred percent. Yeah. And, like, speaking of, like, brand partnerships and stuff, I know a lot of times, like, people are like, oh, like, I got to say yes to everything so then I can kind of build my platform to then get to the point of, like, picking, like, which makes the most sense. Like, how do you, like, what advice do you have for people who are, like, trying to, number one, like, find brand alignment for partnerships and stuff, but also to gauge, like, what makes sense and, like, what will align with them kind of longer term? I think it's, it's, again, it's super personalized. Like, um, for me, what's important when I'm working with a brand is whether they will allow me to work with that brand in my own voice, because then that opens up a template of being like, I'm, I'm much more of a blank slate. And there are so many people I can work with. And and I mean, there are so many brands that like all of us use very daily. So it's, it's, unless you're, what am I trying to say? I think it's, yes, going back to what I said before, it's very personalized. I, For me, what's important is creating content that is true to my brand and true to the way I create content on the app. But there are a lot of people, and so that allows me to work with a lot of brands if they are willing to work with me in that way. But a lot of people maybe want to further their brand in the makeup space, or they may want to further their brand in the, in like a luxury clothing space or something like that. And, and in those terms, then I think it is very important to be a little more specific with what you're choosing. Um, but 
I think, I think again, that's, it's such a personal thing to what you do. I know some of my friends who turn down so many things in order to, um, just stay aligned to exactly what they're going for. And then I know friends who accept everything and they're still running a very successful brand and, it doesn't see, and it doesn't feel inauthentic to me because they're able to create content that's authentic to their own voice. So again, it's it's personalized, and you just have to continue checking in with yourself on um, what you feel like your long term goals are. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once; it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of times brands and stuff be like, oh, we want to work with creators or with people. And like, they don't let the create like the person talking, like you said, talking their own voice, kind of let them do more of the creative like outlet of like, this is what's going to make the most yep. sense to my community that you're trying to reach. And it's like whenever yeah. they do like the template messages of like you have to say this and have that and then we need this and that. And it's like, OK, by the time you're done, you're taken away for giving them the reason, like the freedom to make it their own. And also why you hired them in the first place. <laughs> like, you're yeah, literally exactly. <laughs> it's so confusing to me when a brand um, is not willing to work with me in that way or. I, I just recently had had a, a partnership where um, on the like the first call, it was very clear that the brand had not really been familiarized with my content at all. And I thought that was really surprising to me because I was just like, why did you pick me in the first place then if you're not really familiar? Because if, if it's just on the terms of metrics and numbers, thank you for choosing me and wanting to work with me. But I want to work with people who want to work with me for me. And I've canceled brand deals in the past when I have felt like it is not in my voice. There was literally a, a point at which I was about to post a video and I felt so icky about it and that it just was not content that I was proud of or felt like it was in my voice at all. And so we we pulled out and I, I had to, and we talked with the brand about, you know, just feeling like it was it was very tough to work with them. And they understood because, you know, 
they're on their side really trying to get their goals done. And if their goal happens to be, we just want to post to certain numbers, then go find someone who's ready to do that. But I, I was, I'm ready to post um, and continue keeping that authentic connection with my, my audience. So um, thankfully, so that's what, uh, thankfully I've worked with a lot of brands like that. And, and the times that I've, I have canceled are, are much, are very few and far between, but I think, it just reflects back to me how remaining true to my content um, is is such an important part of of my brand. And that's so key and important too that you brought up a point, like if something doesn't feel right, like don't do it. Like don't feel obligated that you have to go through it. Like take that time to like pause and be like, um, actually, no, this, it doesn't sound like me. Right. Which I think is, it's, it's a very tough position to be in because me turning down a brand deal is also a point of privilege to be able to do so. There are a lot of people who need to accept brand deals at any given time because of their financial circumstance. And there are times in which if I were in that position, I would probably just say yes, because I need to support myself. And I don't blame people for that at all. I think there's never a time when I'm looking at someone's content and thinking, that's inauthentic. Like I blame them. Like we're all working a job and we're all trying to support ourselves. But if you personally feel like you're in a position where your, your brand furthering down the line is much more important to you than the money at the time, then, then I like definitely encourage you to just continue checking in and being true to yourself in that way. No, literally that's like, (laughs) that was like when I first started out in journalism and stuff in like was making like little to no money i was like you guys i might have to be one of those girls on instagram selling the shampoo because you know right daddy needs to be able to go and buy starbucks every now and then and i can't yes. just <laughs> go without <laughs> yes i mean it's and it's especially tough i believe at like the early levels for a lot of like micro influencers or people who are just starting out because they're the goal right i know for a lot of people really early on is to start supporting yourselves and so it's it's like a moral compass of do I say yes to this brand that I don't feel that connected to so I can support myself? I mean, there are people who are trying to support families on this job as well. Um, and so I, I just, I, I think, um, have a lot of compassion for yourself with what you do and also remain as true to yourself as possible. Yeah, I always tell people do not feel ashamed if you're one of the shampoo girlies or the belly flat tea people like get your coins the best way because you know at the end of the day we're gonna be asking you like hey can you drive us to do the starbucks run or hey like can you get our salads like we love them (laughs) right and and maybe accepting that brand deal at the time means in the future you won't have to accept as many brand deals like that going forward um so you know, again, it's, it's just so personalized. There's no exact advice on how to speak on this is what you should do, but, um, you know, yourself best and you know what feels best for you. And I just encourage that's, that's the joy of this job. That's what's so exciting about being your own boss is that you at the end of the day can make the decision whether yes or no. So, um, take that time to think and, and the world will not end either way. Period. And speaking of coffee, um, you have a coffee brand, Flight Fuel. Can you tell us how that came about, the journey? Because I love your, like, bringing people coffee series on TikTok. It's also really good. Oh, thank but you. Give us the genesis. Yeah, I mean, that's part- <laughs> Yeah, it, it started um, 
kind of back to what I was saying before of just like, you never know when a series is going to hit. It started as one video of me like going to get coffee across the country. I texted someone and I was like, I'm going to go get some coffee. Do you want anything? And then I flew from LA to New York and like got coffee and the video blew up and I was like, Oh my God, maybe I'll do this more often. I'm, I'm flying around a lot. I could kind of just like do it every time I fly. And it really took on a life of its own. I had never expected it to become what it did. Um, I think Megan Trainer was the first like celebrity I ended up delivering it to. And that was about a year after I had done it the, uh, for the first time. So it breathed an entire new life into it a year later. And I think it just, um, it just kind of became like, an entity of its own. Like I, there are so many people who know me just for those videos. There are so many people who knew me before that and now love those videos. So many people who, who come up to me in public and ask me like if I'm getting coffee and all of that stuff, I just, I could have never imagined what it became, but it, it started about, I want to say like two years ago at this point. And, um, that, and, and then about a year ago, I want to say is when I had the idea for a coffee brand because, so many people wanted to be a part of the bit and I can't deliver coffee to literally everyone, but <laughs> there was a way that we could create like something that felt like it was very close to my heart and that I could um, kind of deliver to them in a way, like bring everyone in on the bit with me. And I'm, I'm such a coffee person too. I was doing like these, when I, even when I first started my Instagram, I was doing like reviews of my coffee that I would have every day. Or if I went to a new city, I would try like the coffee there. So, um, it all just, there were a lot of different points that like perfectly fit together for this to happen. And that's how it all kind of began. I I love that. And like, what are some like future plans of, I know like a lot of times like people are like, Oh, I just want to do like online or some people are like, oh, I'd love to do like brick and mortar. Like I, I love whenever people are doing like pop-ups, like we're seeing that's becoming more popular now where yeah. people are like taking their brands and doing pop-ups. Like, do you guys like have plans of doing something like that or kind of how are you planning on interacting with like um, people like in person with it? Yeah. I mean, that's definitely the hope of it. Like it's, it's starting as an e-commerce brand. So it's important for us to like build the brand online as much as we can first. But I'm, I'm like, it's always been a plan since first meeting was that I cannot wait to do a pop-up at some point. So that is definitely in the cards as well. Um, We're currently working with Amfar for Pride and at their, at the one hotel Brooklyn Bridge, they're doing uh, like, they're, they're selling the coffee concentrates in the shop there, but they're also doing a drink for the entire month of June for Pride. That's a Flight Fuel Espresso Martini. I don't drink, so I haven't actually tried it. But when <laughs> I was there, when they were creating it, everyone who tried it said it was absolutely amazing. And they had like one or two. And it was so it became like quite the meeting because everyone else had like two espresso martinis. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm glad it's good. Um but they're doing it. So that's kind of like our, us first, like dipping our toes into an in-person thing. And I'm, I'm going to be there at the end of the month for pride. So I'm so excited to like, just be there in person and experience all of that, but definitely like more pop-ups along the way, I think are, are something I'm really interested in. They're actually based in um, the UK. So like a, a lot of the, the, one of the companies we work with. So I've been meeting with them as well and like creating more content and talking about the future of the brand and, 
Um, it's just been, it's been really great as, as a whole. Um, but yeah, there's, there's so many fun ideas that I have for it that I'm looking forward to bringing to fruition. I love that. And do you have like a favorite roast or like, what's your favorite aspect or a favorite aspect about it? Like, what's your favorite thing about it right now? I love the, I mean, the coffee concentrates I love because they're these like small bottles that are, um, $20, and so initially people were like, why is a small bottle $20? But they have 30 servings in it. I mean, actually, they they truly have 47 servings in it because one serving is technically an ounce, but most people use, wait, not an ounce, a teaspoon. But most people use more than that because that's like, you know, we're all drinking more coffee than <laughs> just one little teaspoon. But it's very concentrated and I have only ever really received really great reviews on that. And so... That, that's been really exciting. I, I love that aspect of it. And I just love, yeah, seeing everyone's reactions to it, seeing people try it, um, being able to talk to people in person after they've tried it. I, I think there's just so many fun aspects to it um, from like creation to design to trying it to seeing it out there. I think it's all been a wonderful process. I love that. And if you could like pick a brand or a person to like do a flight feel a collab with like, do you have somebody in mind who you are like manifesting and like wanting to do it like a collab with? Oh my gosh. I mean, there's so many people. <laughs> I mean, I mean through the coffee delivery videos, there are so many people I've, I mean, my end goals are always Taylor Swift and Harry Styles, oh, but bless. Um, like an, an actual collaboration. I feel like there's a lot of independent coffee shops that I've run into, whether they're in LA or New York, that I feel like I've really fallen in love with recently. And I would love to be able to like collaborate with, with someone like that, because with so many of these independent coffee shops, you can tell that the love of coffee is like the genesis of all of them down to the baristas, down to the management and the people who work there. You know, I think it's just, I, th- I really love the vibe of of someone who has started a coffee shop or like the people who are in a coffee shop that's relatively new because you can tell a lot of it was like birthed from love. And so my brand was like that in the same way. So I would love to collaborate in that way as well. No, I love that coffee shops make me so just like happy and comfortable. I, I so love fun. being in them. And it's like, in one for hours. Honestly. And like my whole thing, like before before I wrap up for like my last question, like it's pride now. I'm running up. Like, what do you think is something that like if a brand's listening, it's like, oh, Chris, love this. We're trying to like do more cool things, like what you guys are doing with like Amfar. Like, what advice do you have for brands who are wanting to work with, like whether it's LGBT creators or just pride marketing in general? Do you think they should be doing? Well, I actually, it's very interesting that you say that because I actually just saw a TikTok recently about how. Um, absolute vodka's campaigns back in the day they spent more on like advertising and donated more to lgbtq causes than they've spent on advertising like in total like their whole brand campaign was all about advertising to the gay community or the queer community because they discovered through like their market research early on that if the gays think this is like the words of the video not me that if the gays think something is cool, that it will become cool to the rest of the world. They are the trendsetters. The queer community are the trendsetters for so many of the way culture shifts. And I think like it was such a mind-blowing video to watch because if you think about it, it is so true. There are so many trends or things that started with 
queer culture, especially like black queer culture, queer, like, um, like people of color in, in the LGBTQ plus community, there are so many things that started with, um, those communities and are now very widely popular. And so I think like from, if we're, if we're talking just from a marketing campaign, I think it, 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 there's evidence. It shows that like working with queer people pays off. It pays off. And I think it's really important to continue, um, highlighting people who are starting culture, are shifting culture in the way that we do. Um, And I think that then goes back to the point that we were talking about at the start. When brands go to queer people um, for brand deals or for partnerships, it's important to allow the creator to kind of take charge, to um, create the content in their voice that is the most authentic to them because they are the reason they have the platform. They are the reason that they that you even know of them in the first place. The way they were able to create content in a certain way is the reason that people love them. And so I think that is like the superpower of influencer marketing that brands should really lean into is that go if you're going to people, trust that they will be able to create um, content that works for them and that will ultimately be the best content for brand awareness or for sales for you. Um, Some of the best partnerships I have done have been the ones where brands are very just like, this is our idea. This is kind of what we're going for. What do you think? And then we collaborate together and it feels very in my voice and I put it out there and they get what they want out of it and I get what I want out of it. And I think, um, so yeah, I think trusting is, is, is one of the most important things, but also just, um, like continuing to diversify your marketing is only helpful even from a numbers standpoint. Come on. Well, you heard it here first, everybody like, let <laughs> first, we set the trends. We are the, yes. we, are the <laughs> we, we run it. it. <laughs> Start the culture. 100%. Oh, I mean, I, like watching that video, I was just like, yeah, that makes so much sense. Um, there's so many things that I feel like started with queer culture, especially now, especially with with, with what we see these days. And so, um, yeah, brands, go for the gays. <laughs> I love that. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being here today and blessing us. And people take notes of what he said. Take notes. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Truly, this was great. Wow, how great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aarons, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? 
Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.